Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as host Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Oh, here we are Thursday, April the 2nd. No April Fool's Day here on the Mike Abadir Show. Just some good, clean fun and then some sports conversation. Mike, uh, how are we doing today? Everything going okay in your neck of the woods? So far, so good, man. No COVID-19 in this household and uh, just uh, longing for this uh, to be all over with. I know that uh, everybody else is in the same boat too, but um, outside of that, man, just Looking forward to the very little things that we can look forward to, such as the NFL draft. What are your What are your thoughts on whether or not they should even conduct it? I heard some people saying, you know, in the midst of all this with people dying and stuff, how could these guys conduct an NFL draft? No, well, what's, I, what are your I, thoughts I, on it? I like it. Um, I think it's going to be have to be a little bit different, right? Um, because you're not going to be they you're not there. It'll just be a, a little unique. But I think anything that we can do like this that is not involving a ton of contact, a ton of people having to to gather together and to go against some of the things that they've said um, will help stop the spread of the the coronavirus. It's fine by me. I mean, I'm you know I'm conflicted with the racetracks, you know, because I just I don't want anything to continue to happen. And you know, we saw again today like Golden Gate shut down now so in california it's really only los alamitos left so right now we in the from the tracks perspective we really only have oaklawn Gulfstream, tampa was still going um their day they still raced on wednesday we'll see if they race on friday and then uh will rogers and fauner i think that's all of the thoroughbred that we still have going right now remington remington Remington. yeah 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 and yeah cal expo was the last of the harness to kind of hold out and uh you know they got taken down on Wednesday. They got their Tuesday card in, but they couldn't get in their Wednesday one. It's kind of interesting because Janine Sahadi's been tweeting about, I don't know if she somehow got an email or got word basically that this was kind of a targeted attack behind the scenes and that they were going to take down each track one by one. And uh, whether or not, you know, that's uh, that. The email was accurate. I don't know how she got it or whether it was authentic or not, but it was accurate. They kind of did take them down one by one. It will be interesting to see if LaSalle is able to kind of hold off tomorrow night. Yeah. I, you know, it, it, so it's, it's hard. Cause I, you know, I've, I've, I'm obviously, I'm, I'm happy that we still have some things, you know, that still with Gulfstream and Oakland uh, running, give us the opportunity to kind of look at wage or something if LaSalle is still running. But I'm just, I just, I don't want anything bad to happen. And when you look around and there's, everything else is kind of closed down, you just hope that, um, you know, it, it takes more than 10 people to put on a, a day's racing card. Racing is just a, diff, a difficult one though, you know, because racing is so different than the other sports because of the horses that are involved. Because the, the horses still need to be taken care of. They still need to be cared for. There's people literally living in the attack rooms on the backside um, of the racetrack. So it's, you know, wh- what are you supposed to do? It's, you see, really, and, it's weird. And so when you're talking, okay, so the, that's the argument, right? Is that, okay, you're going to have to have 10 people, you know, or so to be able to conduct this thing. Even, you know, at a bare minimum. Yeah, equine athlete and jockey. And then, you know, the announcer in the announcer booth, the stewards kind of 
isolated in their in their booth or whatever. Um, you got backstretch workers who are going to be there anyways. But yeah, like you said, you know, you're going to have maybe a dozen people or so that are involved. Is that too many? Is that a part of the problem and not the solution? But that's kind of a perfect segue to our conversation for today, right? Which is what about 32 NFL teams doing the same thing, right? Segregating uh, amongst themselves, but amongst themselves is probably going to be seven, eight people. I think uh, I think the Saints invited maybe six to eight guys that are going to be involved in their draft, quote unquote, war room, which is going to be at a local brewery owned by the Saints ownership, um, Gail Benson. So it's kind of the same thing, though, right? And that's even less essential than horse racing because you need to take care of the horses, right? So all, all very interesting conversations. In part, they're health-related, politically related, politically charged, all of the above. But I know someone that could kind of temper all the anxiety and give us, uh, an, over the airwaves, a bunch of positivity because he's just such a high-energy positive human being who's also an NFL insider. We're talking about friend of the show, and actually we we uh, have pronounced him a Hall of Fame guest of the show. No Rick doubt Ciratella. about it. No doubt. Oh, yeah. First ballot. First ballot. First ballot Hall of Famer. Rick Saratella. How are you, buddy? Hey, what's happening, fellas? Hey, UPS is still delivering. I got that yellow jacket delivery today. I'm ready to rock here about the draft, and I don't mean to cut you off, guys, but no, now, I'll ahead. tell you one thing. This is going to be the most watched, the most monumental draft. Everybody's going to remember where they were for the 2020 NFL draft because I'm going to tell you something. We need it. We need it as a society. Sports was a great distraction during 9-11, and we are going to use the NFL draft to let us allow ourselves to get away for a few hours each night. Us as sports fans, our fraternity, we get to have fun again. And it's not a live sporting event, but you know what? It'll be the first sporting event that we have to to talk about and, and get excited about. And I think... I think it will help towards the healing because we are in for a long, brutal battle here. Now, look, you've been involved in in both. You know, so for those for the listeners who don't know where Rick Sertel is located, he is in the East Coast. He is in New York. I uh, I, I met him in New York several years after nine eleven. I think what was it, Rick? Maybe two thousand seven, two thousand and eight, uh, with Josh and. Yeah, yeah, a while back. And I remember at that point I asked you the question, kind of like, hey, New York seems to be back on its feet and everything is good. There's always that sting of it. But overall, in terms of maybe the first couple of weeks after 9-11 versus March of this month, any comparisons? And, and obviously we're asking you because New York has been the hardest hit. It's kind of considered the epicenter of the COVID-19 virus. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you see these deaths, a thousand people dying a day, 50% of them are coming from New York, and the number keeps doubling. And, you know, pretty soon you talk about 9-11, well, it's going to be 9-11 every day in terms of deaths in this country. I mean, that's what we're looking at here. So when you think about that, um, you know, we are self-quarantining ourselves, locking ourselves indoors. We're not allowed to talk to people. We're not allowed to 
leave our houses. So, you know, it, it's relieving to have something that we can distract ourselves and, 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 you know, just get away from the whole situation because everything you turn on and I don't put the news on, but I do have social media. So no matter where you go and, and what you turn on inside your house, it's there. It's everywhere. And as you can't escape it. It's constantly in your face. And let's be, quite frank about it, the, the news is that there's no positive news being reported, right? If, if positive news and some sold newspapers, uh, you would hear about it on the Channel 5 News at night, but you don't hear the good stories because, you know, that's just not the, the nature of the business that we live in. So it sounds like you, Gino, and I are unanimous in that we think that it should they should conduct the NFL draft. And, you know, some of these folks are saying, how can we do it with all these people dying and, and that type of thing? I think they're kind of looking at okay, it the wrong way. This. Let me ask you this. What does it matter if we hold it in April, May, June, July? There's going to be people dying for the next several months. So by pushing it back, all you're doing really is hurting the players coming into the league. Great point. Great point. And look, I think – and I don't want to take this on a tangent and I don't necessarily even want to get political or anything, but I do think that the media creates a certain type of hysteria, uh, you know, because they want ratings. They want everybody glued to the news and, and everybody's got the news on. Right. So, um, you know, and I'm not saying they're necessarily flat out lying about things, but they they want this to be an issue that's in everybody's forefront the forefront of their minds in, in discussing it over and over again. And so the point I'm trying to make is that I agree with you. What does pushing it out mean? Even if this wasn't going on, there's how many people that die in the United States every single day from other causes, right? So now people aren't driving. So it switches from car accidents to coronavirus, you know, but we're not stopping the world for the other deaths, right? So, um, like I said, I don't want to make this into a political kind of discussion, but I agree with you. I think more than any time ever, we need these distractions. We need sports. We need to have a little bit of fun to smile about something, to cheer about Absolutely. something. You know, do you think though that people it's people are saying it's too much temptation for people to hold draft parties? Well, we're not babies, right? Well, you know, we can, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, I, 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 got, I look out my window on a nice day and, you know, <laughs> there's people all over the place. So the people are going to do what they got to do. And, you know, uh, I mean, hey, to your point, and it's not political, we're just talking real life here. We're getting away from sports talk and talking real life because there's no sports going on. But, hey, I heard there's a doctor out in Pittsburgh that might have a tour. And you didn't hear that on the news today. So I'm staying positive. I'm staying optimistic. And I, I can tell you this. At the end of the day, follow the money. Follow the dollar signs. Follow the money where this thing began. Follow the money signs where how this reaction has been. And follow the money signs because whoever finds the cure is going to be a rich mofo. And I can tell you, there's people out there working around the clock trying to find a cure for this bad boy. Rick, um, you know, the NFL free agency sure didn't slow down uh, over the last few weeks. I mean, we don't generally see the type of movement in the NFL with the major big name players, uh, quarterbacks moving around, high level skill players like we did this year. Whenever they do uh, get back to playing football again, 
th- this league is going to look a, a whole lot different than it did just a year ago. What are uh, one or a couple of the moves that surprised you, you know, uh, whether it be a big one or a small one? Oh, you know, it was an interesting offseason. And to your point, you know, I think what's interesting to me is these guys now with the third-party physicals being halted, there are now terms of agreement, uh, you know, agreed to. And, and, and now uh, NFL teams can veto those contracts without the physical yeah. play. So if this now carries on past the draft, what happens if a team now drafts a younger, cheaper version of a player that they had signed at that position – I think you're going to see some players here that, you know, get the raw end of the deal and wind up on another team. I think it's already happened to a couple of players. And, and I live in such a draft bubble, but I think Teddy Bridgewater was the one that kind of stood out to me and just him reuniting with Joe Brady. And, and I like Teddy. I like me some Teddy ball game, and I think he's a gamer and he's as gutsy and tough as, as any quarterback, but his body is just built. You know, a 17-game schedule, no added bye week. Now, if you make the playoffs, I mean, can his body really hold up for 20-plus games? So that's my concern there. You give a guy like that $20 million a year, durability concerns. I thought, you know, the fact that Ryan Tannehill is getting paid bigger dollars than Tom Brady uh, was surprising. So uh, I think, again, the quarterback class, you know, I think you got to go back to Drew Brees and Dante Culpepper the last time you had a really uh, quarterback class in the free agents. I mean, think about how many teams need a quarterback, yet Jameis Winston and Cam Newton can't find a job. Speaking of which, where do you think they end up? Who's a good fit for Cam Newton, and who's a good fit for Jameis? You know, for Cam, I think the Chargers are the obvious fit there. I mean, uh, they have a team built to win. They just left you know, parted ways with Philip Rivers. Do you really want to go to battle with Tyrod Taylor? I know people like uh, the North Dakota State kid there, Easton Stick, but why not have a guy that's taken, you know, a team to a Super Bowl and, you know, they get some pieces back there, Derwin James, and, and they've got some nice young talent combined with uh, some veteran guys. I think the Chargers make the most sense for Cam. In terms of Jameis, I mean, I could see the Patriots kind of just watching his market plummet to the point where he has no suitors and maybe they snag, snag him late or maybe the Saints, you know, if Drew Brees takes this uh, Monday night football deal in waiting after this season type of thing and Winston can sit behind a, a Brees for a season and maybe learn something, um, those are kind of the two teams that would probably stand out to me. And maybe the Raiders, you know, they seem to constantly be looking to upgrade that quarterback position. Uh, is Winston a better alternative than Carr? You you might be able to argue that case. I still think that uh, Cam has something left in the tank. You know, he's he's just what thirty years old, I believe. Well, what's the nice about the fit with the the Chargers is is what is if you already have Tyrod there. You have two quarterbacks that kind of are similar in that, you know, they can both move a little bit. They're not necessarily just drop back quarterbacks. You probably want to get them out of the pocket a little bit. And so if you create an offense that's, you know, maybe around Cam, if he were to get hurt or if he were not to make it all the way through, you know, Tyrod would be one of the better backups to begin with. And and as far as like system and scheme, it would be very similar. 
Yeah, I agree I, with I you, think, Gino. You know, I think that would be a smooth. I think that would be a smooth one-two combination. Uh, yeah, as you as you were talking, I was just thinking too. The Raiders did sign Mariota. Just not to mm-hmm. digress too much, but having Winston and Mariota, if they did, I think Carr might be moved. That'd be on, funny uh, on draft weekend. I really do. And, and uh, imagine though, if Winston and and Mariota that would be really guys, funny. Yeah, <laughs> we were debating who would be number one, and they're they're both on their second team on the same team. Tethered forever, like a, a kindred spirits for all of time. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, let me throw something out for you guys. Cam Newton on the 49ers. They're a power running team, and Cam Newton, I think, would fit that scheme so well. A lot better than Jimmy Garoppolo, in my opinion, in terms of how he would fit with that ball club. Because I think the most that they're going to get out of Jimmy G is to be a game manager, whereas Cam Newton could be a weapon. But I don't know if they would well, do that. Yeah, I just don't know if San Francisco would would be willing to do, to make a, a move like that at the moment. I thought I think they thought a little bit about the the Brady move, um, but I I think they'll give it one more shot because no matter even even with saying that, I, and I agree with a lot of what you said, they were still you know what five minutes away from uh, winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> but they hard. gave how many how many throws did they let them make it make in the playoff game? I mean, what, I, mean I don't remember now. It's like eleven. 13 no, no, and, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll play devil's advocate one more time and just say maybe with the year under his belt now and all the experience, he was still coming back because, you know, I I was not high on 49ers all year. They felt to me like they were still like going to be a year away. So maybe they're still going to continue to be able to step forward next year with Jimmy G getting more games under his belt. Or you, I mean, I don't know because I'm not I'm not willing to like die on the Jimmy G Hill here. I'm just saying I thought they he was going to probably need this year, and they still seemed ahead of you know ahead of schedule even with him just being like you said, average you know average to maybe slightly below average. Thoughts, Rick? Well, you know I think. I thought the Brady flirtation was interesting because I did think it was an immediate short-term upgrade where, you know, maybe it is the difference in that last five minutes of the game. Yeah. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, I think Shanahan thought long and hard about it but said, hey, you know, it's a one-year, you know, deal where I have to now dump Jimmy G. And I could have a five-year window where I can win multiple championships where I have, like, maybe a one- or two-year window to only win with Brady, and then i got to blow it up and kind of start all over again. You know, shifting it to, uh, you know, Cam or Winston or one of these guys, and, and, and yeah, maybe he is a better fit, but, you know, do, do they really want to restart the program when they were so close? And you got to imagine that there is some equity you know, stock in, in the locker room in terms of the teammates uh, being able to rally around Jimmy. And, and they, you know, they, they put some points on the board now. They had some shootouts there in the Wild Wild West. And, you know, he, he might not be the best quarterback, but he gets the job done. So I would stick with Jimmy G. I was looking at some other potential teams. I mean, the Jag, Jaguars, I don't think have a quarterback, so maybe Winston slides in there. Uh, but I think, you know, Newton to the, the Chargers and really – until they can really get their own physical done and see what his medical status is. I mean, I can't see Newton really signing with anybody until somebody can really have their own team doctor uh, do a full in-depth physical and medical checkup. And then, you know, at this point, if I'm the agent for uh, Winston or Cam Newton, I mean, uh, assuming that there's a season, I'm saying, hey, let's just play the waiting game, see who goes down. 
during the preseason because, you know, every year there's uh, at least always one. Who's going to be the starting quarterback that goes down where the team is just desperate uh, like the Eagles were and gave all that big money to Sam Bradford for the you know big big money deal? Because I think now it's like, hey, let me just wait it out. I'll make more money uh, come September than signing a deal over the summer. No, all, all great points. You know, it'll be interesting to see how fragile, going back to Jimmy G for a second, how fragile his ego is because uh, I, I don't remember the last time that a team was obviously considering another quarterback and then stayed, you know, stood pat with the guy that they had and uh, and had to end up working out in the long haul. So we'll see if he could be able to kind of swallow that that tough pill of hearing that they are looking to get his former teammate and, uh, and and mentor in Tom Brady. Rick, let's take a quick time out. Can you hang with us for a few and, and talk a Absolutely. little bit more specifically about the NFL draft and the NFL draft Bible and all that good stuff. So stay with us, everyone. We'll be right back talking more NFL 2020 draft. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. For Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back here, segment two on the Mike Abadir Show. We are with Rick Saratella. We're talking uh, NFL player movement. And kind of tying that in, Rick, to uh, to the draft a little bit. So, you know, maybe some of these teams, like you mentioned, a team like the Jags, for example, they trade Nick Foles, they have Minshew to give enough to give him, you know, a, a, I guess a look throughout the year. But he doesn't really feel like someone who they are going to want to maybe build the franchise around for the future. Uh, you know, we, we looks like we know where Burrow is going to be headed. Over the the next couple of years, with some of these quarterbacks that are coming out, and there's three in particular 
um, that I want to kind of discuss with you. Like, give us uh, your thoughts on, 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 I guess, I will call them the big three quarterbacks over the next couple of years with, with Burrow, with Tua, and then with Lawrence. Yeah, so, you know, and I don't know about you, but if I'm running the Jaguars and I'm going to bed at night and I close my eyes, uh, I just, I'm, I don't think I'm dreaming. I don't, I don't think I'm envisioning guarding Garden Menchu hosting yeah, that. No, no, no. <laughs> and he did it. He overachieved last year already, but he just doesn't feel no like doubt the guy. about it. No, you know? no yeah. doubt about it. You know, <laughs> hey, and, and has shown. And I think you know, hey, I think he's a great come, you know, hold the fort, fill, you know, uh, filling kind of guy. And it, it, you know what he could be? He could be a Frank Wright. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, a, a Gus Farah. Uh, but you know, in terms of Go to the Super Bowl. You look at playoff teams, the common denominators, they all have great quarterback play. And, uh, you know, to me, if Trevor Lawrence was in this year's draft, he would unquestionably be the number one overall pick. Um, he is probably the highest rated quarterback in recent draft. I would say coming out, I've had uh, luck really, really high and went, you know, probably after that. And, you know, I would put, um, Trevor Lawrence kind of up there in that kind of category. I do think that, you know, I get a little bit leery about one-year wonders like Joe Burrow, um, and I get it. You know, hey, uh, things didn't work out at Ohio State. Uh, you know, LSU had a offense predicated around the run game two years ago, but uh, part of me just says, you know, and, and listen, I'm not trying to bash Joe Burrow. I think I got him number two on my board, but I mean, you say, hey, what, what took so long? Mm-hmm. Where, where was this dominant quarterback the past four years? I mean, and I get it. Listen, he had arguably the most historic, remarkable uh, college football season uh, of all time. But so did Johnny Manziel. And, you know, I, I just worry about, you know, the one-year wonder, if you go look and look through time and you saw even Dwayne Haskins, last year's draft, how he struggled. Transitioning to the next level, I'm a big believer in the Bill Parcells philosophy of what you look for in a quarterback, and Joe Burrow doesn't check off those boxes. So to me, you know, I do have Burrow ahead of Tua based on you have to factor in the medical. And there was durability concerns on Tua before the hip. And, again, he's just like we talked about with Bridgewater, uh, same concern. Durability, uh, best best ability is availability, and I, I am not confident that if I use a number three pick or a number two pick uh, on Tua, that if I'm a GM, I might not have a job in two or three years because this guy can't stay on the field. And you are uh, jeopardizing your job. You've got to be all in. You've got to uh, really feel good about rolling those dice. And I don't care what the medical report says. I don't care how positive the medical recheck came back. Uh, it's something that keeps you up late at night. And you got to worry about every hard hit. And to me, because of that, um, I would argue that I would, I would take, I would actually consider taking Herbert over to because of the durability. And I feel better about Herbert's frame. The fact that he bulked up 15, 20 pounds this past year, I just feel 
feel better about him being able to hold up over the long term. And I think the durability concern for two is real. But when you talk about upside and and potential, that dangerous P word, well, then I would say that two has the potential to be better than all of them, Trevor Lawrence included. I I like you. Rick have some concerns about Tua as well. Uh, I would I would stay away, and if he beats me or comes back to haunt me, tip my cap to him. Good for him. Good for the young man. He seems like a really really fantastic human being, uh, at least from you know from afar. That uh, that's kind of my perception of him. Quarterbacks are typically not a when you're talking about hit and miss. They're typically a miss. With that in mind, kind of want to shift gears slightly to Cincinnati. If you're Cincinnati and you have Miami, who's got stockpiled 14 draft picks, and they got a a few extra ones the year after as well, and they tempted you, Cincinnati Bengals, Dolphins tempted you with three first-round draft picks, would you move off of that first spot? You know, there's a lot of variables here. Uh, personally, I would I would pull that trigger personally. Okay, um, you know, but without knowing, I, I will say this: if I'm if I'm the Bengals and Joe Burrow's my consensus quarterback, and I believe that he's head and shoulders above the rest, and all, you do not get a chance to choose your favorite quarterback in the draft too often. And that worked out pretty good with him uh, for Carson Palmer. And, you know, that's the last chance, what was that, 2003 maybe? Uh, the last chance, you know, even maybe even earlier than that. So maybe 20 years have gone by. They've had an opportunity to pick the best quarterback in the draft. So you don't get these opportunities. Now, if you're all in on the Burrow boat, and I, you know, I don't know, I'm not in the war room, but if, if you believe that he is the best quarterback, then you stand, you stand pat, you stay firm. Now, what we don't know, how are those conversations going? Because from what I'm reading in the media, it's, it doesn't doesn't sound too good. Doesn't look too good. So I'd really have to go with my gut there in terms of hey, what what is my interaction on these you know video conferencing calls like with Joe Burrow? What is his agent telling me? Because we still have three weeks until the draft. Are they going to pull an Eli Manning, John Elway type of scenario? I think, you know, when when there's so much smoke, sometimes there's fire and you have to think it's a legit possibility. So now, you know, you've got to weigh that factor and, you know, we don't quite frankly know how that relationship is working out. But I will say that, you know, the things that are being said about Cincinnati and the way they conduct business uh, I can tell you that you know, teams that have played or players that have played for that organization have told me the same exact things in private. So there's some legitimacy to what's being said about the Bengals organization. Interesting stuff there, man. And I, I, I'm going to tell you, of my entire time being an agent, Cincinnati is the team I've had the least amount of contact with of any team in the NFL and what I will say the guys that I do know that have been over there they 
it's pretty consistent. And I'm sure you, you probably heard T.J. Hushmanzada talking about this with uh, Colin Cowherd not that long ago. Uh-huh. But their facilities, you know, just uh, were subpar, it seems like, you know, not that long ago. Right. So if there were a team that, uh, you know, a, a player rep wants to shy away from, it could be them. It should be them. I hate to dog on them, but it's not a first-class organization. Oh, yeah, yeah. listen, they choose to cut corners in the scouting department. There's not too many of those guys floating around, which is probably why you don't interact with them too much because they're too busy coaching the games, and then the season ends, and then they tell their coaches, hey, we want you to go to the pro days, and hey, watch this film. We want you to scout the college players. And it's like, you know, other teams have scouts hitting the road all season long doing this type of work year-round, and, you know, it's like the Bengals – quite honestly, don't really put a major emphasis or focus on the draft until uh, January. So, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's a bottom line type of deal. Uh, they're going to cut corners, save money everywhere they can, anywhere they can. And so, you know, you have to really um, factor all this into the equation and, and what's going to come out of it. But I, I think that, you know, there's going to be some moving and shaking uh, not only in that draft order, but I think there could be some moving, shaking, and, and jockeying from from the players and and uh, their agent representation. So I would not be surprised, okay, if, if there is a deal that's made. And I know Miami is hot to trot to trade up and, and, and get that number one pick. So they're, they've got the ammunition to do it. Um, we'll see how it all, you know, how the dominoes fall. I guess. So what what does the top of your uh, your board look like right now? Who who are like me? You know your top five on the big board. So right now, uh, for me, Chase Young, I think is just hands down the best football player. Period in this draft. Uh, you know, it's kind of hard to argue that statement. Um, give me Chase Young. You know, the Redskins. I, I think that feels like a pretty good uh, home for him. Uh, you know, number two for me would be uh, Joe Burrow. I, I still think, you know, despite my concerns, what I saw uh, at times literally, you know, uh, take my breath away, right? I mean, hey, this guy is doing stuff that, you know, is rare. And I think, you know, you have to um, weigh that and the, the value of the quarterback position. Uh, this guy has the potential to be in the upper echelon, and you, you've got to value that. To me, uh, he's number two. Derek Brown, I mean, this is just a true blue-chip prospect. Uh, this guy could have came out last year, been a top-five pick. He could have came out a decade ago and been a top-five pick. I mean, I don't care what scheme you put him in. I don't care where you line him up. Uh, this guy is going to wreak havoc in backfields. He's going to be a uh, very dominant force on the interior. In fact, you know, you, you, you think back about the, the Domicon Sioux and, and Gerald McCoy, a defensive tackle draft class that year. I think this year with uh, Derek Brown and, and Javon uh, Kinlaw and, and some of these tackles in this year's class, you know, Justin Matabuke from Texas A&M were very high on at the NFL draft Bible. Uh, you could have four or five of these defensive tackles going around one. And then, of course, on the other side is offensive tackle, Mickey Beckton uh, from Louisville comes in, number four. For me, although I'm hearing uh, Worf, Tristan Worf from Iowa sounds like four to the Giants is uh, 
you know, the, the logical choice that I'm hearing. So where's could come off before Beckton, but I think, you know, this is just a massive man, uh, an anchor type of guy, that left tackle that can, you know, uh, be a all pro caliber type of left tackle for the next decade. And, uh, you know, give me that guy. And then number five and six, you know, take them how you want them. I've got Herbert five and two of six for the reasons that we just discussed. And I will say, I mean, it's hard to leave guys like Isaiah Simmons or seven and Jeffrey Okuda at eight. I mean, you can argue those guys are top size players. Well, I think those are, you know, you want to throw Werfs in there too. I think those are the cream of the crop prospects right there. Good stuff there, Rick. So, before we let you go, I know you've got a big announcement to make, and I'm super excited to hear what it is that you guys are putting together via the NFL Draft Bible. You know, I appreciate that, fellas, and I'm really excited about this. Uh, We just, you know, kind of sealed the deal on it today, and we're going to work out the uh, specifics and have an announcement next week. But NFL Draft Bible is going to move forward. We're going to do our own live stream video show. Uh, We're going to stream it on social media, on the NFLDraftBible.com, and we are going to provide analysis, real analysis, and bring you inside the football world. We are going to give you an NFL draft coverage from the perspective of the people who work in the industry, in the business. We'll have GMs. We'll have coaches. We'll have players. We'll have agents. We'll have trainers. And we'll talk to them throughout the draft as the draft is unfolding. We'll have our own video conference interviews, just like NFL Network, just like ESPN, except we're going to talk about the players that we've been studying for the past 365 days, the 80 schools I went into live and talked to the coaches, the players, the families, the cafeteria workers. We're going to bring you inside the NFL draft for real, for real. And I'm really pumped up, excited about it. Thank you to Ryan Roberts our guy at NFL Draft Bible for bringing it together, making the live stream capable. My guy, Russ Landy, who's with the Calgary Stampeders, who I host a weekly podcast show, is going to be uh, part of the broadcast. We're going to have all kinds of special guests, beat reporters, media guys. I hear Mike Abadir might make a special guest appearance, but it's (laughs) going to be a really cool, unique type of broadcast. And listen, we don't have the multi-million dollar budget or three or four hundred employees working behind us, but we can chop shop with the best of them, baby. That is amazing. Now, it sounds fantastic. This is a huge, huge, huge production to put something like this together. You're talking about just the first round, right? Like, there's no way... No, 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 no. We're going to be doing it all three days. In fact, oh, we're wow. We're going to cover the undrafted free agent frenzy. When the, when, the, when the TV stations go dark, the draft Bible rises. We're going to be breaking down the undrafted free agent signings as they happen. And guess what? It's not a big production for us because we've been grinding the tape all season long. It's just what we do. We don't have to prepare. We've been preparing. 365 days. We're ready for this. The world is ready for this. The fans are ready for this. Too much. I watch this draft coverage. They treat the, the fans like idiots, like they don't know what day three prospects are. And now it's time we talk about those guys. It's time we have those guys on the show. It's time we bring you into 
their world, what it's like, and the people around them. So that's what we're going to do, and we're going to do it, and we're going to do it to our best, and we appreciate all the love and support out there. Man, this, uh, Gino, let me tell you something, man. That's a ton of work. Oh, not just is it a ton of work, but I mean, if, when you're bringing in GMs and, and agents and going all the way through free agency, et cetera, and I'm not just saying this, Rick, because you're on with us, but to me, not only do I think that this is an alternative for people to tune into, but I actually think if it was marketed enough, in other words, if it got, if word got out to enough people out there, that this is a better alternative. Because I think that people have had enough of, you know, the, the Mel Kuyper, Steve Young, Chris Berman, McShay, over and over and over again, you know, d- conducting this, this TV spectacle. It's time for something new, man. It's time it's for time. It's, it's the same thing like with when the, and I, and I love Chris Berman, he's great and all, but you get too much back, 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 back. You, you, you got to have him, you know, you, you, it's like, okay, we're ready for something else. And I think this is it. And I love the angle that you're t- you guys are taking on this. And I really appreciate that you're uh, announcing this to uh, Gino and I and our audience before you guys have even That's officially right. announced this yet. So definitely we a big have, honor. We have not made an, uh, public an official. This is the official public announcement. Nice. Right we're going to overload the public, baby. We're going to bring you the draft coverage that you wanted for so long. And we're going to do it, and, and the time is right, and there couldn't be a better draft for it. And, I, and I'm and i so happy that we're going to get you on, Mike, and, and get all the whole draft football world on and, and really just do something different. Now, listen, I agree with you. I think there's something here that can change the game. We're not this big, fancy production, but we're going to put on some great analysis. We're going to roll in some video clips. We're going to do the best we can. But I can tell you this, the people are going to love it, and we're going to give you – what you want, what you came for, what you need, the real draft coverage that the people deserve. We're doing it for you, the people, the fans, everybody coming. I got a list of guests. I got scouts coming. I got people that have been traveling the country, scouting these players coming. We're going to announce all the guest lists. Bring them on the show. It's going to be bada-bing, bada-boom style from the New Jersey headquarters. Love it, man. Love it. Well, Rick, I'll tell you, man, we're up against it in terms of a commercial break. I'm actually yeah. a little bit late on it. Give us really quickly what, uh, where people could follow you and where they can tune in to the NFL Draft Bible for the draft. I'll tell you this, NFLDraftBible.com. Follow us on Twitter, at NFLDraftBible, and we'll do this right here on live. If you're listening live, it's a special promo till midnight only because I'm mailing out the Draft Bible books tomorrow. VIP 50. I've never done this before. VIP 50. 50% discount for the Mike Abadir listeners. Love you guys. Awesome, oh, Rick. Thank you. Thanks, thank you Rick. for bringing it. That's good stuff, man. We'll retweet all of that stuff and promote it and market it, and we'll be definitely watching for the NFL Draft on the NFL Draft Bible. Stay with us, everyone. We'll be right back after a quick commercial timeout. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Closing out on the Mike Abadir Show. That was a big, uh, big news from Rick. As you mentioned, that's a huge project and that he broke the news here on the Mike Abadir Show. Yeah, no doubt, man. Listen, for all, all of the, you know, for those of you who are, are tuning in, whether you guys are regulars or just kind of checking us out for the first time or you kind of pop in every once in a while, I'm going to tell you right now, check it out just even for 10 or 15 minutes and, and see how they, they put together a different product. If, if you're a hardcore football fan, if you're just kind of the casual Kind of football fan, you want to find out who your favorite team took in the first round. Yeah, you know, I'd probably tune in to ESPN, listen to the first 10 picks, right? But if you're like a hardcore football junkie and you want to listen from round one all the way through the end of it and beyond, and you're one of those type of people who likes mock drafts, who likes mock drafts beyond just the big board, and who really gets into this kind of thing, or maybe you're a huge college football fan and you want to know where some of your favorite players from your favorite team, you know, even even, you know, the guys that are going to be taken in the latter rounds. I think this is going to be the type of insight that you're going to want that you're not going to get elsewhere. We love Rick, man. He he brings it every time. He's absolutely prepared. This is just going to be, like you said, it's going to be a little different. It's not going to be I, I, I just don't see it. The same way being presented as you, you see on ESPN or you know Fox Sports or or places like that. So that was a that was good info from him. And yeah, it's it's I'm I'm pumped for the football season because we're gonna it's gonna be a really different looking football season so far. Um, you did a, you I gotta give you a shout. You came on the that's what G said with me the other day. We had a really fun baseball preview yeah. where we spent basically two hours uh, first talking about what could happen 
different ways that the season could be shortened, what might be some possible uh, possible things they, they could try. And then we went through every single team, division by division, thoughts on like their moves, the, like where they stand. It was it was a ton of fun. Uh, strengths, it, it was, strengths and weaknesses. And- yeah, I mean, we, we hit it all. And so it's if you're out there and you want something to listen to too, toss that on in the back. It's like literally two hours of you and I talking uh, a baseball every single team. If you're a fan, if you're a better, if you're someone who's interested in fantasy, we mentioned a lot of names of players who we expect to have good years or maybe kind of the opposite, maybe players that are a little over the hills. So um, yeah, that was, that was a, a blast. And, you know, it was not, not a whole lot of baseball news in the last, you know, week or so just seems like they kind of like everybody else, just kind of waiting to see when you can move forward. Yeah, and you know, you you just made the point or you made the comment that you're looking forward to this football season. And I think everybody that's a sports fan, that's a football fan, probably is and is going to take on definitely a greater meaning and significance and appreciation for it this year. I, I still wonder about the same things as we discussed on, uh, that's what G said, on the baseball episode that you're talking about, which is the fans, how, how is this going to all work out? Because I was kind of thinking about it the other day and actually it was, it was, it was last night. And I'm like, you know, we're, we're not, we're not going to get to the point where there's zero coronavirus out there. No, not until there's a vaccine. So, and if there, and if, if it's going to take a year for the vaccine to come out, that means that it ain't going to be zero. So are we just going to pack 100,000 people in, a, you know, at the, at the horseshoe of Ohio State for, for, for a college football game? No, yeah. When, when does it – it's going to be a while where I think there's no fans, right? I mean, when does it go I, back I think, to normal? Yeah. And, and, you know, in the NFL, you know, I think it's maybe not a huge deal necessarily – but in but in college football, I think that's going to be a really really big. And college deal. football, basketball seems like another one too, where yeah. you know, like it. it Let's just say college sports in general, right? Yeah, college cool. sports in general. Um, yeah, I don't think as much in baseball, and that's something that we talked about on the show a little bit too. Like baseball feels like one of them that you can you can play okay without a ton of fans because it, honestly, like until the playoffs, unless you're hitting a walk off or like you know your closer comes in to get the last three outs. A lot of baseball stadiums are pretty quiet for most of like most of a regular season game, right? Like for the most part, there's not a lot of less. Yeah, like, you can hear the guy saying "ice cold beer here." Yeah, no, really, you can't. Yeah. So it's just it's just that's more of like the because of and and maybe and who knows, right? Like if your season now is only 80 games or 100 games instead of 162, does that? I don't I don't know. Like as a fan, would you you know would you be screaming yelling and screaming more knowing there was less who knows maybe it's just going to be really fascinating what happens now because i think you know just listening to other people discuss the same kind of thing you really kind of have to throw the calendar out the window because what's going to end up happening like the nba for example like they already played 60 games in their season they're not it's different for the some of these seasons that haven't started like so what do you do with the nba it's hard to say it's different than than the NCAA, right? You can't reschedule that with the college kids. But with with basketball, are you are you going to ever get to a point where you just say, okay, we're going to scrap this year and start over, or is it always going to be we're going to pick things up where it was, finish the season, even if we're talking like you're finishing the NBA season 
already into the point where the next NBA season would have started. And that's what gets real tricky, right? Like, are we into, you know, you know, November and we're playing, we're finishing this year's NBA finals. And then what happens? When does the next year season start? That's Great what's point, gonna, you know, you know, it, it, that's a fantastic point because how could you even resume a season and resume the standings? Uh, you know, how sometimes you have those like funky things in terms of scheduling where like you're going to get the Lakers, let's just say, you know, three times in April. Sure. Yeah. Right. And you maybe got them once before the All-Star game, right? In the first week of the season or something, right? You see these weird scheduling things sometimes that happen. So is that fair for the team that got them three times early on? And then another team is maybe going to beat you out by, you know, a game or two in the standings. And they haven't gotten to the heavy Laker part of the schedule. Well, what about the injuries? Like, you know, like a perf- this was one thing I heard about yesterday, and we only have a few minutes left before, so we have, I think, just two or three minutes left. But, like, for example, the Brooklyn Nets are, I think, the seventh seed right now in the NBA. Like, Durant might be healthy if this strings out a while longer. Then all of a sudden, you have Durant coming back to the seventh-seeded Brooklyn Nets, and they're going to end up playing, like, they play, like, Toronto in the first round. If you're Toronto, would you want to play the Brooklyn team that probably has Kyrie and Durant back? You know, um, it's really weird to see things like that with injuries. And it's going to start to happen now in baseball with a lot of these teams that, you know, might have been projected to not be as good in the first half of the season because they had, you know, players that were suffering from injuries, not sure where they're going to come back. Now, when baseball resumes, is everybody going to be healthy again? This is going to be a tough year on the pitchers. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm not so sure that like start, start, stop, stop, start. No, ramping up, starting up, double yeah. headers, a lot of those kind of things. It's, it's going to be, be yeah. yeah. And and as we pointed out, you know, when we were recording your show the other day, this is kind of a, a thin time for pitching. Maybe not a thin time for pitching. It just so heavily slanted towards offenses that I think it's 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 going to be really fascinating to see kind of how how this all plays out are we going to be seeing a lot of you know double digit scoring you yeah, know because um, remember the bullpen moves too or like that some of the new rules with the bullpen pitchers where you exactly. have to pitch to multiple pitchers in the inning or finish an inning so you're not going to be able to you know just you know throw in an endless you know bullpen right now this is going to be a completely different year for all sports. I think we're all going to be okay with it, you know, for a little while once just getting things back to watch and, and to have to root for, but we're all going to have to adjust the, like the, the sports that we knew, because everything's going to be a little bit different when they pick back up. Exactly right. Gino, we got about a minute, less than a minute left really quickly with golden gate being shut down today. Uh, just a couple hours before, this uh, live show came on the air here, you know, um, how much racing do we have left a week? Uh, Golden Gate. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say Golden Gate's done. San Diego's done for a while. I know golf, like Florida, which is really absurd. They had a big ruling came out yesterday, last night that said nothing should be able to happen, including the racing. And, And then Gulfstream ran again today on Thursday when we record this. So right now, like I've looked at Gulfstream and Oaklawn for Friday and Saturday, those are the two still rolling. Um, I'm going to kind of take a wait-and-see approach with Los Alamitos, and then we know at the beginning of next week it'll be here. Uh, and, and Tampa's still going too, right? Tampa's still going. I haven't heard them that they've, that they've closed anything down. And then uh, Will Rogers, Fawner at the beginning of next week, we'll, we'll see if they continue to roll. We're going to try to get in contact with Chris Katulak and talk about some Fawner. 
Wow, man. Interesting times that we live in. We hope that we've given you guys an hour of sports and get away from all this craziness. Most importantly, please stay healthy, everyone. Uh, you know, stay away from people, from crowds, etc. Do your part so that we can talk sports sooner than later. So do it for the sports fan inside of you. As always, thank you for listening. We appreciate your listenership. Have a tremendous weekend, a healthy, safe one. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.